0: iyo.com You're listening to the Wavebreak podcast, the show where I interview the people behind the fastest growing e-commerce and direct to consumer brands. I'm your host Dylan Kelly, founder and CEO at Wavebreak. Wavebreak is the email and CRM agency for high growth D2C brands. With Ad Costs Rising, we help brands maximize lifetime value by building and optimizing world-class email and SMS marketing programs. You can learn more about partnering with us at wavebreak.com. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Wavebreak Podcast the marketing podcast for high-growth direct-to-consumer brands, where you learn what's working in e-commerce marketing with interviews from the fastest-growing direct-to-consumer and e-commerce brands. I'm your host, Dylan Kelly, founder and CEO at Wavebreak. We're the email and CRM agency for high-growth direct-to-consumer brands. If you're looking to diversify your marketing mix in the new year and protect your brand and maximize revenue growth, and you want to learn more about partnering with us to run your email and CRM to give you that extra kick you need, learn more at wavebreak.com. Today on the show, I'm joined by Ty DeGrange. He is CEO at Round Barn Labs, their boutique agency specializing in affiliate, paid social, and conversion rate optimization. And we go over basically the current state of affiliate marketing in 2020, 2021, and 2022. We talk about the change, how you can leverage affiliate as a channel, pro tips, and changes that are going to happen in 2022 that you need to be aware of. Let's jump into today's episode. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Ty.
1: Thanks so much, Dylan. Happy to be here.
0: Yeah, excited to to chat through. So before we dive into today's topic, which I want to talk about, you know, 2021, kind of end of year recap, 2022, how you're thinking about the new year in terms of growth marketing for direct consumer brands across paid, affiliate, zero. Before we get into that, you have an interesting background. Now you run an agency, but um, before that worked in-house for a number of brands, get us get us up to speed before we we dive into the rest of the yeah. topics we want to cover.
1: Absolutely. I got my start in uh, one of the first ad networks uh, many years ago, about 15 years ago. Uh, from there, I went to one of the more prominent um, uh, Commission Junction, one of the more prominent affiliate networks, and then was able to run uh, the global affiliate program at eBay with a number of great practitioners. That group at eBay was just phenomenal to learn from. They went on to do some amazing things, and there got to Go into a number of venture back startups in San Francisco and run customer acquisition uh, where you know got exposed to what was becoming growth marketing. A number of folks were starting to ask me for help of, you know, how do I grow? How do we set up teams? How do we set up channels? And so the wheels started turning about essentially being able to sell the picks and shovels and build a better culture and build build a better agency option, um, more full funnel, more multidisciplinary and and
0: saw BL was created about seven years ago. Yeah, that's great. And really born from in-house. So you get like both sides, which is great. And then tell us about some of the brands yeah. you're working with and have worked with, just so people have a perspective like across the board. Because you've worked with, I mean, that's what's interesting too, is like you've experienced from in-house, your team has experienced from in-house, now their agency side. I think that's a really interesting yeah. model. Tell me a bit about, just for, so listeners have context, types of companies you're working with, have worked with. That's what yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We've kind of, you know, as we've grown over the years, we've kind of continually added more you know, enterprise, Fortune five hundred, you know, pretty well funded companies. Started out as a lot of venture backed startups in the Bay Area that were, you know, seed to Series A to starting to sprinkle in Series B, and it kept growing over time. Um, you know, I was fortunate to run the Montcoff affiliate program. Um, was able to, you know, work with Series B startups, um, you know, like If Only, various others. I even got a chance to do, you know, at Amazon to to get, you know, really some great training and understanding of how they view their leadership principles, how they work on rigorous te- testing, how they handle, you know, writing internally and externally. It's such a rigorous process for them and like online communication just becomes so critical as an agency owner and as a manager of many clients. So um, one of the things we we do like to kind of share is it's not common that you have an agency that's had experience growing affiliate programs for, you know, eBay, Amazon, um, ModCloth, Oculus, uh, Shopify. We actually have one of our teammates that led a team in affiliate growth at Shopify for six years, uh, and we bring we bring a lot of Shopify experience and excitement to that ecosystem. Um, and on the paid side, it's it's pretty heavy too. I mean, we have. Books that we've worked on: Live Nation, Axs, Hop In, Ironclad, uh, Kate Farms, um, Hired, Nextdoor. A lot of really strong brands there as well. And then on our CRO side, which is basically taking sites and tuning them up and AB running regular AB tests. Uh, we have a practitioner that came from Optimizely back when they ran service offerings there. Uh, so he's actually run over ten thousand AB tests. He's done really rigorous. Uh, AB testing for brands like CNN, Disney, uh, Hemming, Singularity, University, Organifi. So it's pretty um, in-depth on those three verticals with the brands that we've worked with and and obviously looking to do more.
0: Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And I just wanted you to share that just for context, because I think you have access to a really interesting data set that you, um, you know, from both sides of the equation, like agency side and then in-house side, like I've been saying, Let's start with the affiliate. So this has been a really 2020 2020 was an interesting year because we all got surprised with the pandemic. And that meant a lot of growth for e-commerce and direct to consumer and SaaS and really everything in general. But for this podcast, um, you know, I want to focus on direct to consumer side. I'm curious, like, you know, take us through 2020 to now with affiliate, like and how affiliate has progressed since then because i'm sure because there's so many different factors right like every ios update more and more people are probably diversifying like tell me like has affiliate i guess we'll get into these questions but like has affiliate remained stable is there more competition but i guess like walk us through take us back it's march 2020 affiliate you're running affiliate programs what what is that like initially and yeah get us up to speed
1: You know, overall, from our perspective, it you know I think a lot of people felt the initial shock of of March 2020 and fear of what is to come. What are we going to do? That recessionary you know fear and pullback that was initial and, and hard hitting. Essentially, shortly thereafter, and, and probably the subsequent, there was there was notions of being able to hire you know high talented people for uh, much lower costs. There was you know, some churn and some attrition at at agencies and at at in-house teams and programs. But then shortly thereafter, um, with shifting to e-commerce, it was quite the opposite. You had this almost boom of move to e-com. You had certain verticals like food delivery where they actually shut down programs because there was so much demand. They actually shut down budgets because there was so much pent up need for supplies, food delivery, other things like that. So that's some of the observations we saw. We, we saw a lot of people wanting to you know mitigate risk, get into content, get into uh, listicles, gift guides, influencers really heavily uh, and move away from some of those some of those things. Obviously paid marketing its cost didn't really there was also an initial almost discounted rate that was happening that we benefited from on the flip side of paid marketing but there was still, Consistent viable affiliate programs. Um, it wasn't until I think even months later that uh, Q4 2020, we saw even more influx of affiliate demand and interest and requests. And I think primarily due to that Q4 2020 period, those paid auctions were really tapped. I mean, talk about people going back to e com, going heavily into ads. People were buying heavily with, with, with stimulus and, and still to some degree at home. So that's kind of some of the observations we've seen. It seems to be even pre-COVID, I think affiliate has gotten really strong legitimacy and it's improved from a technology perspective and from a reputational perspective. And I think the notion of just the typical coupon and deal site is has been you know, invalidated and there's clearly so much more you can do with the affiliate channel that even pre-COVID, I think a lot of that legitimacy was there. And I think affiliate kind of, a speed bump, a bad one for everyone. And then it kind of accelerated significantly. And we've seen that acceleration take coming to 2021 for sure.
0: Yeah. What does, I guess, the current landscape of affiliate look like? Because I think when, you know, as a direct consumer brand, historically, I don't know, like, what does it even look like today? Because like you mentioned, like it used to just be coupon sites or like top 10 list, or maybe you get you, you slotted into a gift guide or like, what is the current state of affiliate look like today? Yeah, it's a
1: really good question. Um, I, we're seeing a lot of, you know, improvements in technology in terms of the tracking platforms, in terms of the options you have available. Um, you have, you know, I would say long-time players that have been in the space for a while who have acquired and built uh, like uh, AWIN, Sharesail, uh like Commission Junction, uh, like Rakuten. And I think you have a lot of the Uh, SaaS technology focused only that have done really well in the last five years, like impact, like partnerize, like tune. Um, Those are are technology providers that can serve as that kind of broker between advertiser, getting placements, um, setting up programs, paying partners, and then, you know, the many, the many affiliates that you can work with on the other side. I think we've also seen there's some great reporting and data from 2020 to 2021. It talks about how much content has exploded. When I was at eBay oh, over 10 years ago, which dates me, you know, we were seeing that content was actually one of the more incremental of the affiliate uh, business models that you could select out of coupon deal, cashback loyalty, email, retargeting search, the beginnings of influencer. And I think that content has continued to do really well. There's uh, a lot of larger platform platforms buy and consolidation in the space right now. You see things like Meredith.Dash, which is a very large uh, company now that enables folks to get access to very, very reputable digital destination brands that are content-rich uh, style guides and, and online magazines and lifestyle and content of all shapes and sizes it is, it is pretty reputable and well-received as very large followings and not your typical just, okay, I'm on a coupon site. I think it's it's gone beyond that to a large extent, um, and I think the fun thing about affiliate is that it often represents almost the full funnel of the ecosystem of you know that awareness consideration conversion. It often can represent multiple channels as well. So you've got your some degree of search engine exposure. You could leverage it through email. You could leverage it through retargeting partners. You have the ability to get into even podcasts you, uh, to, like we're on now. We we have the ability to uh, really tap into the gift guide and content and review game and all of the content that's exploding there. And obviously influencers, which is massive, whether it's TikTok or Snap or Instagram or YouTube, we, we are able to tap into uh, affiliate for those as well.
0: Yeah. and And do you think part of that also comes with like, you know, ad block becoming a thing. So publishers, like legitimate publishers are looking to add more revenue through affiliate. And then like they tap on it, tap out Amazon affiliate, or they're just like, you know, uneasy about the program. And so now they're trying to go more direct through some of these platforms or why is, why are there more options today?
1: I think it's part of it. I think ad block, I think browser and cookie list tracking is becoming more and more the norm. Privacy uh, concerns increasing iOS 14 obviously is limiting some of that visibility, um, which is which is driving a ton, ton of downstream impact, like increase you know increased cost, um, increased visibility or decreased visibility, uh, and I think it's representing a move to to try some of these other areas. In, in some ways, if think affiliate's done well, it can be, I think, presented as a really viable complement. Um, so I think some of those things are definitely driving it. That it's, the tracking, the lack of visibility is really key. Um, and I think people want to see that, okay, you have a number of folks out there evangelizing for your brand, You know, disclosing it's paid, great. But I think there's a certain level of legitimacy to that. Um, and oftentimes, as we know, we can be almost more trusting of a third party saying, hey, even if it's disclosed that they're being paid, hey, check out XYZ brand, check out this new product, check out this new service. Um, and I think there's a kind of level of legitimacy that can be baked into that process and to how it's delivered uh, versus your, your standard ad or your standard IV ad unit or banner ad, right? It's just kind of become less uh, utilized, I think.
0: Yeah, and then how is this uh, affected costs so when you think about like facebook ads kind of like the go to paid channel for for many direct to consumer brands over the last 5 years how is affiliate reacted to that. Like is affiliate with increased competition now that more brands are entering that is it becoming more expensive or how does that exactly work on yeah. the cost side? That's something so, I've never been a on question. the brand side. I've only been on publisher yeah. side like back in the day, but what does that look like?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. It ebbs and flows, but I would say that costs are rising across the board, competition's rising across the board. The interesting thing about affiliate is that you're you're kind of it's not as programmatic and you're not in like a live auction environment per se. There's some publishers and partners that have automated and made it more algorithmic or programmatic, if you will, to determine who where people are ranking or what placements are available for who and how ultimately it's, it's taken in number, not, not dissimilar to other channels. It's, it's not quite as programmatic, but it's taking in those other variables of like conversion rate, payout, vertical, what's the, what's the relevant category? What's the average order value? Is there any kind of recurring payout? Some of some of affiliate programs enable that, which is which is not available in other um, digital channels typically. Um, but I'd say that it's definitely getting more expensive because you know it used to be that, and there was kind of this assumption that well, it's a benefit in the assumption at the same time it's to say in affiliate you only pay for when you get when you drive a sale, in affiliate you only pay for when you get a lead. It's true, and it's not true. And what the good the good news is, overall, we typically see that it's a longer to build, uh, longer to stand up, more manual, more relationship driven. But once it is going, you do have your lower CAC, you do have oftentimes a little bit better return on ad spend um, if it's managed properly, and you're getting those quality metrics back, and those retention metrics back, and those you know some lifetime value metrics back, uh, things like incrementality or check. If it's managed properly, and you get those things. It's often a better performing uh, efficiency channel, not always from a control and volume and turn off, turn on perspective, but more of a long term perspective than these other channels. But because of all those ver- factors, we are seeing prices go up, and people are commanding much more paid placement, of influencers, content, coupon deal, loyalty, um, heck, even email. It's it's much more of a almost hybrid of CPC CPM and CPA a cost per action than it was maybe previously with just a hey this is cost per action see what comes back so most programs that are run um really rely on kind of that mix and diversification of those of those uh tactics if that makes sense but it's definitely gotten more expensive i think across the board like everything else
0: it's yeah. it's
1: um the demand is really driving that. And, and you're competing with everyone. You're, you're kind of competing with everyone in the, in the market. You're not just competing with your direct competitors in your affiliate. If you want to get placement on you know, a destination site, even something as ubiquitous as a cashback site like Ebates Rakuten Rewards, it's it's extremely high demand because of how many folks want to be on that platform right now.
0: And now a quick break for a quick word from our sponsor, Okendo. Okendo is the new standard in customer reviews for high-growth Shopify brands. We use them with our clients, and they work with over 4,000 of the fastest-growing Shopify retailers like Skims, Nomad, and Buck Mason to help them leverage their most powerful asset, their customers. Okendo gives brands all the tools they need to capture and showcase customer-generated content like product reviews and ratings, photos and videos, and Q&A. Plus, they have an awesome integration with Klaviyo that makes it easy to do cool stuff like send review request emails and target shoppers based on review content. And now that it's that time of year again, when Black Friday and Cyber Monday are top of mind, Okendo is offering a 90-day free trial to help e-commerce brands ramp holiday conversion without having to worry about increased subscription costs. If you sign up before October 31st, you pay nothing until 2022. It's really a no brainer to me. And don't worry, you won't be forced into any expensive annual contracts after your trial is up. They offer super affordable monthly subscriptions starting at $29. So you can make the most out of this holiday season with a little help from Okendo. Visit okendo.io and start your free trial today. That's okendo.io. O.io. Thanks Okendo for sponsoring the show. Mm, interesting. so like what are some ways that you can cut through the noise? Is it like you like what are you seeing brands do like pay out better commissions like does that help? like does that make sense as a brand like hey if we can if we have the margin and we're gonna spend X on Facebook for that return like start being more aggressive with our payout strategy Obviously the relationship piece is key too and like managing and nurturing that yeah. relationship but uh, yep. yeah yeah how, how can brands really, how, cause I feel like affiliates still early. Like it's not like, cause everyone's still, everyone acts like they're trying all these channels, these new channels, but for the most part, like 90% of the marketing budget's still in Facebook ads. Everyone's thinking about it for 2022, but it's still early. So like what, how can brands, um, you know, still make the most of this channel while it's still, you know, yeah, relatively early.
1: And to give you some context, I mean, I've seen it make up, you know, five to 30% of the e-commerce, you know, revenue. It's not going to take up maybe as much as some of the other other channels, um, but sometimes it can for certain brands. Sometimes it's going to take up more. And, and I think um, to refresh my memory on on what what your your question was again on on the.
0: Yeah, I kind of asked like five questions at once. Um, <laughs> no, <it's okay. laughs> I even kind of forget. I was going to say like, is paying more to affiliates is that a good strategy? Oh
1: yeah, the, the variables like how do you yeah how do you kind of yeah. rise above the noise. Uh, how you rise above the noise, you're starting to get to it, right? So it's it's the payout um, that's key, and that's going to be oftentimes looked at on a kind of earnings per click basis or earnings per hundred clicks basis, because essentially a lot of these partners um, who take the paid placement upfront out of it are you know putting skin in the game, doing research, um, essentially evangelizing on your behalf before getting paid, and so if there's you know communication uh expectation setting up front there's a relationship now maybe some oftentimes these are in person at, at, at some point or or even digital can be done that way um it's a small you know somewhat small tight-knit community so i think some of those known players and, and having relationships with some of those known players helps um payout certainly as you alluded to i mean whether it's a combination of up front but the the payout for Per lead or for, for purchase, sometimes being creative about the number of actions you're paying out for. If you think about right, well, you're coming in and you're only paying out on a high-ticket item, like for example, in home fitness scenario we've worked with a lot. You you might wanna consider paying out for a micro action. If folks are we're dr- doing all this work to deliver traffic to your site and they come check it out and it's their first interaction, they're gonna buy that moment. Probably not. They're they're gonna you know, want to see maybe a TV ad or a radio post or uh, an influencer or a review or do their own research. Um, and so those variables, conversion rates, I mean, the fact that the page has to really convert well, especially when the partners are going to be heavily, you know, reliant on a page converting well, given they're putting their effort in ahead of getting payment and promoting you are um, regular promotions being run at some cadence that helps we're kind of being been trained to look for that promo box right we've kind of been trained especially on neward um, gen z millennial, even even just savvy uh, high income buyers that are looking looking to buy it, and they do a lot of purchasing online they're they're looking to get that cash back they're looking to get some kind of promotional discount if they can for appropriate brands so, having a method to your madness around those promotional pulsing and like when you're doing them, how often while preserving margins and not fatiguing users is really important. Other variables can be the content itself, right? Those things can help you rise above the noise. If you're giving really good content and really good assets to partners, they're certainly going to be able to do a better job of promoting you and be more interested in promoting you. A lot of those baseline things are there like, Okay, this is a brand that aligns with what we're doing. This is a brand that falls within our vertical. This is a brand that our audience is interested in. Uh, the payouts there, all those other variables are working and good enough. Getting the appropriate assets and tools and content to them is great. Um, I mean, I've even seen companies stand up, you know, full on like in-house platforms to be like, okay, going in full assets. Here, here's like, We want to get you as much content as possible, whether that's video, whether that's animation. Uh, The brands that are being very open and transparent with with rules and and how things are set up is also extremely important, too. Um, Partners want to know what the rules of the game are so they can win and and act accordingly and uh, promote the brand in a way that's that's, uh, appropriate along their brand guidelines. And and there's also that last piece of like, you know, giving some degree of creative flexibility, especially as you get into the influencer space. They don't necessarily want to always feel like they're being stifled or told exactly how to promote a particular brand. So some degree of flexibility there that also rises above. If you can be a great partner to them, then that's gonna enable more, right?
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think that makes sense. Like. It's, def- it's not just like as easy as like spending more money, that it, obviously, because otherwise it would just kind of be, <laughs> it would be that easy, but it's cool to, exactly. it's, it's, it's really interesting to hear you break down like all of the different things also that you can do to make like the publisher's life easier also. And like how yeah. that kind of gets you to the front of the line, which makes sense. Cause at yeah. the end of the day, it's a person. I think that's, what's different, right? With Facebook ads, you just dump more money. Whereas yeah. with affiliate, really it's a, it's a person to person kind of relationship
1: exactly I think that makes it um different uh, more challenging in some ways but also in some ways more interesting and more compelling because you're you're dealing with humans which uh, we all are and can all kind of understand what
0: Definitely. When you look at the new year, twenty twenty two is coming in. When when you look at the affiliate landscape, what are what are some of your predictions based on what you saw? I mean, these have been two crazy years back to back, twenty twenty and twenty twenty one. What are you thinking about with your clients as you head into twenty twenty two?
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of the you know agency, we're seeing a lot of good demand across the board, which is great. We're fortunate for that. I think we're starting to see. More the consolidation has been here and it's not going anywhere. I think it's going to continue with acquisitions, with mergers, um, which can be exciting sometimes. There, there's definitely a lot of oper- opportunities on the horizon. At these networks are making it easier and easier, I think, to integrate um, with Shopify plugins, with plugins to other platforms and tooling uh, and content management systems. So I think the barrier of entry with technology is going to continuously get better and better. It has been something we've talked about a lot. And I think for some people, surprisingly how long it's taken. And I think it's become less of like, okay, which network has all the partners to, if you have someone that knows where to find them, the, tool, but the tooling has gotten easier to like source and find partners. And I think that's just a barrier is going to get, more and more transparent, more and more open, less required, less requirement for the gatekeepers to some extent and more ability to grab a link and go. Um kind of taking what you know Amazon Associates, one of the largest if not program in the world has done to make it easy to kind of grab a link and monetize. I think we'll see more of that. I also think that influencers are just a massive part of the affiliate ecosystem and I think the are going to continue to be used. It's, it's kind of obvious maybe for some, but I think their adoption and usage and blending of worlds between paid and influencers happening. I mean, TikTok's a really good example, right? Where if you're running a paid campaign on TikTok, the likelihood of it involving an influencer is probably pretty high. Whereas previous pay, paid social was not nearly as high percentage of influencer-related content. And I think we're seeing that with, the, you know, the growth of reels and other video platforms requiring it. Yeah. I, I'm really excited to see how web three, which we don't necessarily need to dive into fully, but it's like, that's gotta be playing a big role. I think much further down the line, probably not 2022, but I'm really excited to see how that it should and could be a very central part of the affiliate ecosystem in my opinion.
0: Yeah, definitely. In like a much different way. And like, even let's say, I know I should do a whole different podcast on web three alone, but like, even like, let's say we're all wrong about web three and it's not like the next internet, it's still going to influence web two as it is. Like we're just gonna do things yeah. differently, Um, you yeah. know. And I think that's kind of like the big thing. And I think what we've all learned as marketers over the last few years, especially in 2020, is like you never know what is gonna happen next, and you just gotta be ready for for the next challenge yeah. and ready to be yeah. ready to adapt no matter what it is.
1: Yeah, and I think the theme of that is also like these huge platforms are so valuable, powerful. We 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 benefit them from them. We rely on them. They they have their value in certain ecosystems and certainly there's a lot of folks that are not necessarily in love with all aspects of what they bring to the table of course uh, when you think about google and facebook and other other companies that own such a large piece of the, the pie um, and so in some ways the, the promise of web 3 is a little bit of a you know diversification of that I, I think it's funny in some ways affiliate kind of in its central philosophy has been that way for a long time i mean you don't really have a behemoth technology provider that's algorithmic. And if you don't kind of play nice, you're, you're, you're kicked out, um, which, which happens quite a lot. Um, even, even micro kicked out, you know, it's like, even your ads are shut down. Like how many, how many ad buyers have run into that this in the last two years? It's Or like it Facebook
0: goes content. down or AWS yeah, goes down. Exactly. Like,
1: <laughs> Exactly. It's not to say you're not going to deal with that in other platforms and other digital services, because you certainly will. But with affiliate, it feels much more um, human to human, much more diversified, much less reliant on one player or two players.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, and, And I think that makes sense. Well, we're starting to run out of time here. Before we sign off, so we got we kind of walked through like you know 2020 to present on affiliate. What you think is going to change the current market, where we're headed? um, Any final thoughts that you want to make sure we chat about before we sign off? Uh,
1: No, I mean it's an exciting time. I I'm I'm really excited about it. Um, I I think it's going to be a good year. I hope more. I think we're going to see more excitement and more movement into the space. Hopefully we can uh, you know, continue to train people up on the industry as we talked about how there's such a demand for the, the talent and for good yes. people. And so we want to you know, bring great people into the ecosystem and uh, take care of them and vice versa, because I think there's, there's a lot of opportunity to like, get people trained up and educated and, and helping fill these roles uh, to grow an ecosystem that I think is pretty valuable.
0: Absolutely, I think we. That's another lesson learned. Like 2020 was the lesson of fast growth, and then 2021 is like the lesson of people, which I think every brand and company is still trying to figure out um, in today's <laughs> marketplace, um, and definitely yeah. going to be the number one asset. Like whoever can figure out the people part, whether it's you know being able to train people who have the right ideas if they don't have it, because like we were saying um you know it's it's not necessarily that people don't exist it's like there's a shortage of people who really know what they're doing when it comes to really good marketing especially as it continues to evolve and it's not just increasing the ad spend on a facebook ad and making subtle tweaks like you need real strategy there's the the people to people aspect like you're saying like um on affiliate like you got to also know how to manage other people it used to kind of be like this black box like you stick your dollar in facebook it spits out a couple bucks for like i have no idea what goes on in there but i'm okay with it because it's working now that it's not working you know we're all just doing our best to figure it out but um yeah, no, I really appreciate you taking the time today, Ty, to you know talk about affiliate and and just add another weapon to the tool belt of the e-commerce marketer in 2022.
1: Awesome, Dylan. Love, love chatting with you and i um, excited to keep the conversation going.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, where can we go to learn more about you and your agency?
1: Yeah, absolutely. If you guys go to roundbarnlabs.com, you can check out the site, a uh, lot of our growth insights and how we think. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn pretty regularly. Um, at Ty DeGrange and also on Twitter, uh, at T DeGrange quite a lot. So love the chat, love the connect and, uh, appreciate the time today.
0: Yeah. Thanks for coming on the show. We'll link that all up down in the show notes below. Thanks again for coming on Ty.
1: Thank you, Dylan. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Waybreak Podcast. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Waybreak Podcast. I hope you have a wonderful day.